This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that's profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg, from Studio One Design. Hey, buddy. How you doing today, Al? Mate, I am fantabulous. Is that a word? <laughs> it's, it's a new one, but we'll go with that. Look, actually, I got a stomach bug recently, and then my kids got sick. So it's been a rough couple of weeks uh, around the house. But to be honest, it's been really nice to be able to just take some time off from, from working the grind to spend some time with the family and not have the business collapse around me. So that's, yeah. if that's a lesson for business owners, it can be done. Yeah, nice. I've been working less lately, actually, because my wife did her ACL in her knee and, and I just have to do more around the house. And um, yes, I've been working less and it's actually working better. The business is you know, probably running better with, with less of my input. And, you know, sometimes uh, we just need to get out of the way, don't we? That's it. Yeah. And I'm actually enjoying it. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's It's a good awesome. amount of work, like less than 40 hours at the moment, which is pretty good for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we're partway through a series. We are, man. So, yeah, we're um, part five of part six, where we're discussing the six principles of influence in website design. So, I'll just summarize quickly for those who are just tuning in for the first time. But if you are, go back to the other four episodes and, and have a listen. I mean, they all tie in, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter which order you listen to them, but it is part of a series. So, we encourage you to do that. So, yeah, just to summarize, the first episode, we discuss reciprocity and and we showed how giving away as much quality, free content as possible on your website subconsciously influences people to give back to you. Second episode, we discussed authority and explained how displaying that you're an authority in your niche through quality content and other credibility elements on your site influence people to take action because they're far more likely to trust a credible, knowledgeable expert. In the third episode, we discussed consistency and showed that by using consistency across everything on your website, from the look and feel to the colors to the call to action, etc., will help influence people because your stuff will be more memorable. And as humans, we're wired to recognize patterns. So over time, you'll be trusted more by being consistent. And then in the fourth, we discussed likability and you questioned if that was a word which it is and we explained how you know people buy from people they know like and trust and so they buy from people that are similar to them pay them compliments and you know basically some some of the tips were to not be afraid of putting your personality online uh, so that people can interact with you and uh, you know as long as you're helpful to your audience then you're going to be more likable definitely and don't forget too on that likability if you don't want to put your personality, make sure your brand has a personality yeah, and, and put it out there. So so that's where we're up to so far. So what have we got today? Scarcity. Ooh, and what have we got on the last one? Consensus. Oh, these two are going to be great. Okay, <laughs> should we get into it? They are. Yeah, consensus is really important, which is all about social proof. But uh, yeah, so this one, scarcity. So just for the listener, you know, we've designed hundreds of websites and we just know that these six principles, if you inject these into your website design, you're more likely to influence people to take action. So 
Scarcity. What is scarcity? So scarcity is something that is in short supply. It's as simple as that. And it's human nature to desire more of what there is less of. So scarcity creates urgency, essentially. And on a website, we have many ways to use scarcity. So we're going to share them shortly. But be warned, this is a powerful technique to use on a website, but you must not overdo it. If you overdo it and you create a false sense of urgency, it will backfire because people won't believe you anymore and they just won't trust you. Um, Or even worse, if you offer a limited time offer to your own list and you're actually training them to wait for the next offer so they won't buy when you don't have a sale. So yeah, just be careful that you don't overdo it. Make sure you're true to your word. Yeah, there's, it's, it's a very fine balancing act. Yeah. And often it's very tempting for business owners when you find something that works so well and it is as powerful as this to want to use it more. But the reason why it's powerful is that you use it sparingly and at the best times. Is that yeah, right? Absolutely. Because, yeah, honestly, if you if you have a sale on all the time and there was a really good skit on the Chasers War of Every- on Everything, which was an Australian comedy show, and they it was absolutely hilarious. We might link it to it in, in the show notes, actually, Al, but um, they took it too far. They showed – they really demonstrated how not to use scarcity. So, you know, they said things like, you know, this is our last sale ever. We'll be murdered if we don't sell all of the rugs by midnight. Um, this time we really, really, really mean it. And it's our last closing sale, uh, sorry, closing down sale ever until the next one and the next one after that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a couple of companies in Australia that have had uh, closing down sales for like forever. the last 10 years. And I you know, just, mate. you know, you lose all credibility. You exactly. Know? exactly. And you, lo- you lose the trust, the trust that you've worked so hard to build in, you know, the, the earlier parts of reciprocity, authority, consistency, and likability. If you don't do scarcity, right you are going to burn all that hard work you got it man you got it yeah so i mean why use scarcity so you know by using scarcity on your web page design you're creating an urgency that influence people that are procrastinating and if they're procrastinating to take action this will just put it will be more likely to push them over the edge to get them to take action so if you don't you know, have scarcity in this instance, they might just close the browser or, or you know, th- just think, oh, I'll come back to that later. But if there's scarcity on there, it's really going to help them get across that line and take action now. So, look, uh, uh, like I get why we need to use it and, you know, getting people to take action and, and procrastinating. But, you know, like uh, I guess my thing is, is a lot of people are going to say, but I don't have scarcity, you know. So, I mean... How do they make this come together in in real world uh, scenarios? Because I know how well it works. I, I get what you're saying, and and sometimes scarcity is is not the big glam, you know, banner saying you know closing down in five days. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something far simpler. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a ton of ways, and we'll go over a few that you know that are quite common. Um, it's something that's really popular on an e-commerce website. We'll go through other non-e-commerce website examples as well. But, you know, if it's an e-commerce website, you can have just a limited time sale and offer. And it could just literally be a banner and, and, and that you have on your website and you have a, um, you know, a promo code or something like that. But you'd be really clear on that banner that it's going to close at a certain time and then you stick to that. So that's a limited time, you know, offer. And then, you know, as well, just by 
having a deadline. So for instance, just think eBay, right? So they use the auction technique with, you know, which obviously has a deadline and that, you know, that really creates scarcity because if you miss that deadline, uh, it's not coming back, you know, well, unless they release another one. But it, well, I think, a- it, look, I think eBay is a really interesting story because, I mean, it all started on, based on being an auction site rather than being a traditional um, trading site where you just post ads and people can buy whenever they feel like buying. Yeah, yeah. And it really did revolutionise the way people buy and sell used goods. And that scarcity is phenomenal. But I'm seeing eBay slip now and they're going to this whole idea of buy it now, make an offer. So, you know, it's interesting. I wonder where that's going to take them or whether that's the the best decision or not. Yeah, it's a really good question. I don't know the answer to it, but I do know that a lot of people are sort of going off eBay and and trying to sell more on things like Amazon or or Gumtree or other platforms. Yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, the nature of the auctions did put that that scarcity in place. And without Mm. the auctions, it just becomes another Another, marketplace. Exactly, yeah. And you you would think that... You know, if that scarcity is what got them there, because they really replaced things like the trading post, you know, the old print, <laughs> printed... Printed classifieds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that was because of the, the scarcity. And, yeah, anyway, yeah, be interesting to see where that goes. There's a, an auction house uh, in Australia called Grays, right? And they're now called Grays Online. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, one, that, that was so success, successful as an auction clearing house because of those timelines. And what happened was they were a traditional auction house. So, you know, you'd have to go to the auction, say, for example. I mean, I used to keep an eye on it for printing and technology equipment. So if Mm -hmm. a print company went bust or, you know, all their leases were up, all the equipment went to the auction house, you'd go there and you could buy, you know, used equipment at, at very, very good prices on the day. And then they moved the same principle online and it was a huge phenomenon. I mean, they were clearing everything from ex-lease computers to excess wine stock, you know, mm, and yeah. they had a deadline. And the deadline was what made it such a phenomenon in people buying this stuff because they no longer had to turn up on the day for the auction. They could be bid on the auction at any time, right? So there's that scarcity. And now they've tried to turn it into a marketplace where – they are just posting the items for sale without a deadline. And I visit the site frequently and you can see that the stock is not moving anywhere near as fast as it did uh, in the past. So it's it's interesting. I think, look, you know, not everybody can have an auction model, but it's a very interesting uh, way for you to look and say, well, scarcity is all around us today in so many places that we don't maybe register that there is that scarcity. Yeah, I think you hit on a really important point, and that is at a live auction, you've also got that social pressure as well, you know, because you're bidding against other people right there and then. And so what eBay and uh, let's say hotels.com do that's really quite quite clever is they show how many people are watching that item or how many people are bidding on that item. So that kind of replicates that real social pressure in the offline world. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do that with your own shopping cart, even if you don't have an auction. Yeah. You could say how many people viewed a particular item, you know. So the popular, and that's where you see popular items on websites and they list them. 
So you know that these people are looking at these items. So if it's yeah. one that you wanted, it's in the popular item list, you think, oh, you know, people are buying this. Absolutely. All right, what else have we got? Yeah, so, I mean, on that, you can actually, you know, show limited quantities as well. So it might be one of, you know, 50 or, or whatever the case is. And, yeah, if that's true to the stock that you have and that goes down as people buy that helps create the the urgency and the scarcity as well so you can even break it down to uh, you know showing that you're out of stock and and you know you could just have a, a button saying you know you're interested in it but then they get on a waiting list for the for that item essentially but even if your sizes uh, you might just have one size that's out of stock for instance that creates scarcity as well for either the other sizes or similar items in that size. So, yeah, you can really use the amount that you have, like the, the, the limited quantity that you have remaining to help uh, push that scarcity factor. Look, I, I've got to say, you know, that in itself is something that is counterintuitive to normal business, right? You don't normally publicise that you're out of stock of mm -hmm. items, right? But uh, there's an online technology seller here in Australia, uh, mwave, mwave.com.au, right? Yeah. And they've used this, they, they've recognised firstly that people that buy from them tend to be repeat purchasers. So they might be small business owners or gamers or people that will buy because they know they can get a quality product quickly delivered at a great price. So they sure. know they've got repeat customers. So what they've actively done is in the search results, instead of excluding the out-of-stock items, they are showing the out-of-stock items, right, clearly. And they've got, like you say, the notify me button so that yep. they know, you know, if there's 500 people that want to be notified, then they're going to order more stock when it comes in because they've got a higher chance of selling it. But I use that site actively. And I tell you what it's made me do is when I'm contemplating a purchase, you know, maybe I need to upgrade some hard drives and I look in there and I see out of stock of three quarters of, not three quarters, sorry, a quarter of the items that are good value. Yeah. I think to myself, oh, gee whiz, you know, this is the one I want. It's in stock. I should buy it now because if exactly. I come back next week, it might be out of stock. You got it. So, yeah. um, again, very counterintuitive. Uh, that transparency of stock levels, I think, is a great scarcity tool that can be done openly and honestly without being, without burning your reputation. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you really want to be careful. You don't want to just always show that uh, things are close to out of stock if, if they're not, you know, be honest, that's for sure. Another way you can just have like a flash sale, which is really just a, like might be a one day, extremely short period of time sale, you know, and it, once again, it could just be a banner on your side that says to use a coupon code for, for this offer, but really make it clear that it's a, a very limited time offer. You would just, you would put that on every page of your site as well, um, not just on the home page. put it on all the product pages, you know, above each of the, the products, etc. Do you want, do you want um, a clever tip on that one? Yeah. Right, so everybody does remarketing, right? Especially e-com, it's very common. Yeah. So you visit a product and lo and behold, what happens? You see an ad for that product after you've left the site, right? Mm -hmm. But you can program remarketing to be very specific, you know, show a particular ad at a particular time from the point where they were, they were tagged for remarketing. Yeah. Why not do a 24-hour flash sale banner for everybody who leaves your site and doesn't come back after two days, 
Nice. And pop up a flash sale with a coupon, and it's genuine. That coupon should expire after 24 hours. Um, you could even do a very simple animated uh, GIF style ad or whatever they call it. Yeah. Flash yep. GIF, ad yep. Yep. with your 24 hours counting down and have that pop up in front of them two or three times on that day, you know, whatever the time frame is that you know your sales cycle works. And that may just be the critical factor. And it might be free shipping. It might be a $5 voucher. It doesn't have to be a big amount, but it could just be the one thing that goes, oh, that's right. I never purchased that item. I was thinking about it. Now I've got $5 off. I'll go spend the $300 that I was going to spend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, look, remarketing is so powerful and that's a really super advanced, clever way of using it, Al. So thanks for the tip. Might do that myself if I run <laughs> scarcity. <laughs> there you go. Just make a note of that. You got you got I've it. always got a pencil and paper ready for our podcasts. So I always learn something too. <laughs> cool, man. So yeah, so there's a few tips on e-commerce. And you know, if you've got an e-commerce site, I'm, I'm sure you could think of some more as well. And have a look at the big players out there. And, and you can, you know, copy the, the ideas that they use as well in scarcity with scarcity. So um, how do you scarcity on a non e-commerce website? So there's a a variety of ways and you know be creative as well and you'll, you'll come up with your own but essentially you just want to create that urgency so if you have a service-based business you can still use scarcity to create urgency by for instance having a, a limited time seasonal offer you know I, I actually do this for let's say Christmas you know I'll let clients know about a month before Christmas that you know we're taking a two-week break and if you want to get a, a design in before Christmas now's the time to order sort of thing and obviously you can use that for um, yeah, that's just one example. But, but heaps um, of industries have things like that. They have black spots where yeah. you know production is not available, or you know traditional closing times, and you know just reminding people that that's going to happen is scarcity in itself. Exactly, exactly. So once again, you could put it on your website, or you could just email people as well, and. You know, for instance, if you have a, a live event, you can just show that you have limited seats, which you obviously will. And you can even have a countdown timer for those limited seats. So if you have, you know, an event with 50 seats, then every time someone makes a sale, it will count down. So that can help create the, the urgency. Absolutely. Um, Finding the right number for that is critical too. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that for a particular event... You know, if you say I've got a live event and there's a thousand seats, yeah. In some industries, that would be a limited number because you might know, oh my goodness, those thousand seats are going to sell out overnight, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, m my uh, my wife always says, why on earth do these big international stars come to Australia and put on a live concert in the smaller venue that we have in Sydney? Right. So sure. uh, for those who know Sydney, you've got the Entertainment Centre and then you've got Sydney Olympic Park, which has some, you know, really nice venues there. Yet they always seem to choose the smaller ones. But you know what? They sell out. Right. And people know they sell out. So, you know, when making that strategic decision, sometimes you might think, oh, I want to make the extra money. I'll have a bigger event. Sometimes it's not about having the bigger event, but filling the seats in a slightly smaller event. Yeah, exactly. And you and I have talked before about, you know, if we go past a restaurant and there's nobody in it, you don't want to go in there. But if it's full, you want to get in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and look, just on, on seasonal offers, right, be creative. You know, like everybody does <clears throat> Christmas, Easter, Halloween, Valentine's Day, Black Friday. Everybody does 
these events, you know. But I love people saying, uh, <clears throat> I love people doing things that are a little outside the square. So, you know, let's say, for example, you've got Father's Day coming up, right? Instead of doing a Father's Day campaign four weeks coming up to Father's Day, why not go eight weeks before and do a, this is not a Father's Day special? Yeah, you know, sure. And make, sure. it allows you to have those limited offices just outside the seasonal area, you know. I saw very cleverly a florist, instead of doing a Valentine's Day campaign, the, you know, coming through January, they did a it's not Valentine's Day sale. <laughs> so what they did is they subconsciously got people thinking about Valentine's Day. Yeah. They got them interacting, you know, and the, the theme of the campaign was why wait till Valentine's Day, give your loved one a bunch of flowers today. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's just think a little bit outside the square when you're coming up with these things. And it's great to look at what other people are doing. But if you can add some of this to times outside those peak periods, you can make your promotions less up and down and less lumpy and less reliant on those specific times when everybody else is doing their ads. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so if you can, try and avoid those or try and fill the gaps when you know you're having a, a quiet period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, what absolutely. else have we got? All right, well, just like let's say an, any type of service-based business out there, you can use scarcity in the most basic of, of sales funnels. So, for instance, you might just have a lead magnet. You know, it might be a PDF download or a free something or other that you, you know, that you give away in return for an email address. Then you take them to a thank you page. And on that thank you page, you can have scarcity. So you can, for instance, have a, a one-off, you know, limited time offer for them to take action on in the next 24 hours. And it might be the next step in your funnel. It could be for a webinar, it could be, you know, whatever you have, it might just just keep it to a, a limited time offer. So it encourages them to take action at that point. They're already in the habit of saying yes, so they'll be more likely on the thank you page if you add some scarcity. Yeah, and you know what? You don't even need to be selling them something. Yeah. I mean, you saw in uh, my Creative Profit Academy sales funnel so you know we had a series of videos we had facebook ads we had google display ads for people to register for a webinar right and um, then from the webinar once they'd registered they've been taken to the next page which was simply saying you know i'm going to have three live events in 2016 there are limited seats to the live events but more importantly than the limited seats i'm going to do an early bird special so I'm going to, for the for the people that sign up right at the beginning, they're going to get the best price on the tickets. Now, I wasn't asking them to buy early bird tickets. All I was asking them was to register their interest. So I was basically saying, this is a one-off offer. Right now, if you put your email in, you'll be the first one to find out when the early bird tickets are available. No obligation, no pushiness. I'm not trying to sell them anything. They can opt out but I'll let them know when the early bird tickets come along. So, you know, that's, I think that's a nice way to do scarcity without being dirty and sleazy about it. It's not like I got them on a page and say, you've got to buy this now or you're not going to get the discount. Yeah, exactly. It's a really good point. A lot of marketers historically have used scarcity and given it a bad name and given the whole industry a bad name because they all kind of use it in a sleazy way. But yeah, the way you've just described it then is is a much better way to go about it. Another thing you might do if you've got like a, a membership site, you know, where you have members paying a recurring monthly, you know, fee to be part of that community or whatever the case is, um, by offering them an introductory price at the start, 
Um, you can grandfather them in at that price forever and that helps also create that that urgency and then yeah new members that come in six months down the track or 12 months down the track will pay the new prices which would obviously be more expensive and if you leave and come back you'll be paying the new price exactly so it helps keep people in there yeah Yeah, so founding members founding customers yeah uh, and and you know what I, i think it's really important too if you're going to do anything like that is to remind them not all the time but at times that they are founding clients Mm -hmm. so you know there are a lot of industries where they may have a specific card discount for example because they were early customers and because they've been with the company for five years we'll give you a standard 15 percent off our list price right sure and they tend to take that for granted Right. So, and you know, they, they may, you can put rules around it. Say, well, to maintain your discount, you have to purchase X amount of product per month. If you don't, then you're going to default back to what everybody else is paying. So that is a, just a different form of scarcity in that if they don't maintain their relationship with you, it may cost them more down the track. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love that. Just speaking of scarcity in general, when you do display it on your website, if you use a countdown timer, that is a huge conversion conversion booster. For, just to give an example, like we use it on this site, 3martian.com. You might want to check that out. And I mean, just to give you, this is kind of a bit of a, a case study. We added the timer. We were using heat map tracking. We were using, you know, video feedback of users. And when we added the countdown timer, it boosted conversions by 15% which was a pretty pretty huge boost but yeah that that whole website was designed to to sell a house essentially and it did it actually ended up getting $100,000 over the reserve which was you know pretty amazing result we drove paid traffic to it and all that sort of stuff this was in addition to you know having it on realestate.com for instance but yeah, honestly, by creating, we used all of the principles that we're talking about in this six-part series, um, including, you know, like consensus, which we're going to talk about next week, but just showing similar properties that have sold recently that are, you know, sort of in the in the same, you know, kilometer radius, etc. And just to help, you know, boost the perceived value of the property. And yeah, the results were incredible. Yeah, de- look, definitely. I think... I think like anything, you need to test it. But countdown timers, if used well and are legitimate, are definitely well worth having on your side. I mean, we just did one for a product range that I have, and we've just put a really simple countdown timer. And what we've done is we've done a three-day, like you say, a flash sale, yeah. and we've got a coupon code. So it's not an automatic discount. They do have to type the coupon into the, into the, uh, the shopping cart. But we've got a, ta- a counter counting down to the expiry of the coupon, and it will turn off. Excellent, yeah. Zero. So yep. that way people are looking at it going, oh, great, there's a coupon, and I know that if I don't buy it in the next three days, I'm not going to be able to take advantage of the coupon. Exactly. Yeah, nice one, man. Cool. So is that in process now? Yeah, yeah, it's live now. Yep. It's I mean, it went cool. up yesterday for a three-day sale and yep. it, there's probably no point linking to it because it'll be gone <laughs> yeah, by the exactly. time this episode goes live. But <laughs> it was just really simple. It just says 50% off coupon, colon, the coupon, and then yep. the countdown timer to the expiry. Nice. You know? yeah. So, look, I'll try and remember to bring that up in a later episode and let you know how it changed the, the conversions. Yeah, awesome, man. 
Oh, and look, actually, can I make a little point about this, right? Be really ethical if you're going to do something as bold as this, right? So I'll give you an example. We've got a couple of sales just as we rolled out this coupon, mm-hmm. right? We hadn't activated it. So the coupon was active, but the banner wasn't live. And people had purchased in the first half a day of that promotion. The coupon was available elsewhere, but it wasn't showing on the header of the site. Right. We refunded those customers their 50%. Oh, good on you, man. Right? Yeah. So we sent them an email saying, listen, we've got a promotion on. Uh, it wasn't live on the site. We're going to refund. They, they, they've replied back going, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you excellent. Yeah. So Great I, I think that goes a long way too. Ah, oh, 100%. Yeah, really. Well done for doing that. But, yeah, just using, you know, words. I mean, we're not copywriters, but just using words in your copy that create urgency and scarcity as well, like, you know, now or hurry or immediately or instant, for instance, that can really help. So, you know, just a, a few examples that I thought of, you know, hurry, they're going quick. The deadline for signing up is the 10th of Jan. Also have a countdown timer next to that. You know, the sale ends at midnight as of, say, the 3rd of June, We'll be taking a two-week break, so please get your order in now sort of thing. Kind of have that a few weeks prior. Or to have your items shipped before Christmas, you must place an order by, you know, December, whatever that is. So, yeah, it's a lot of things you can put in your copy as well. And they could be in emails as well. And email is probably a good place to to start your offers to, you know, to add that scarcity factor. You know, we're certainly not email experts either, but you could just drive uh, your, your existing clients back to your website um, or your prospects back to your website and have a banner there. Or you can use some word in, in your uh, emails as well. Let's say just for a, a service business where, you know, your main purpose of your website is to get people on a call with you. What I do, like I use a scheduler and you, won't, you use one too, Al, but I only allow certain slots that, that suit me for people to, to book the, the call. But what I do is take it one step further and I'll only show, let's say, you know, up to three different time slots per day. And if they go, they go. And so I'm actually creating scarcity in the sense that, you know, my time is scarce. And if you want to book, you, you, you need to book now sort of thing. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait weeks. So, yeah, I like to use that in, uh, in my emails as well. And it helps protect your time as well. So, yeah, there's many ways you can use it in an email. When a client emails me and says, you know, can I call you in an hour from now? You know, I'll, I'll often reply yes, but I have a limited window. So, you know, it just makes them committed to, to that. And we're not talking e-blast. We're just talking general conversation through email here. But, yeah, I like to use scarcity wherever I can because it really helps boost conversions. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, it's funny, you know, my marketing agency, which I'm not taking on new clients for because Pixel Partners is my focus, but, um, you know, a few years back when I made the decision that I wanted to you know, have a back-end support service for graphic designers and agencies who needed professional design. Yeah. I started saying no to a lot of work. Yeah, sure. And it was crazy how much people wanted to work with me because I was saying no. Nice. So, you know, sometimes, you know, one bit of scarcity that we haven't talked about is opening and closing the door to your service. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. And having waiting lists is another good one. So, for example, we're out of stock of XYZ products, mm-hmm. right? We won't have stock again until January the 10th, right? Please pre-register if you'd like the stock. 
Yeah, gold, you yeah. Know, go on our waiting list for the stock. Yeah, right? absolutely. Or, you know, our service business is currently running at capacity. We have the ability to do small jobs, but if you have a project, there is up to a 12-week wait before we can start, right? Exactly, yeah. Please register here to make an inquiry. Now, I've seen people use that strategy where, you know, they have been able to start the job well before the 12 weeks. Well, the client, firstly, is really happy and really appreciative if you make the effort to fit them in. But if it's genuine and you are busy, tell people that you're busy and there may be a wait. It it Mm -hmm. works wonders. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, we're talking before about membership sites or, you know, if you're a coach, for instance, you could have an application form on, you know, on your website and it's kind of like uh, a closed club that you only open up when it suits you and if you want to be a part of it, apply here and you can have like qualifying questions in that form and that could also create uh, scarcity. Absolutely, you know. Mm. So a good one like that is is saying, well, you can only apply if you meet these criteria, one, yes. two, three, four. Exactly. And that way if you don't meet the criteria, you're going to endeavour to meet that criteria. Yeah, And if you do meet that criteria, think, wow, well, I can fit into this very, very narrow uh, service offering. So Yeah, yeah. And you can turn that on and off when your coaching, you know, club or whatever is full. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. killer. All right, what else have we got? Well, that's about it, Al. That's, uh, I mean, they're the main tips. We, we try to keep this podcast to a, you know, a limited time. Are we out of stock of the rest? <laughs> exactly. Register keep on The Real Magic <laughs> to get the rest of the information. <laughs> There's our little bit of scarcity. How does that sound? Exactly. All right. So, so what action. action steps have you got for the listener today? Yeah, look, honestly, if you're not using any scarcity and you never have, I honestly think you should just start now. And the easiest way is to test it via email. So you could email your existing clients or prospects and just offer a limited time offer and just see if it boosts conversions. You don't need to, you know, redesign your website or a web page, whatever at this point. Just test your offer first. Even a post on Facebook. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like there's so many different ways to try this out. Um, but don't be afraid. Just put it out there, put a time limit on it or a quantity limit, whatever it might be, you know, first five people or what have you. So, mate, that was an awesome episode. Cool, man. Yeah, it's powerful. It is probably the most powerful, but, yeah, you really have to be careful that you don't abuse it. <laughs> yeah, I think this episode should come with a warning label. Warning, yeah. You uh, viewer discretion, no, no. Yeah, safety equipment must be warned. Something like that, just to say that this is powerful. If you use it right, you're going to get swamped with uh, sales and work. Exactly, exactly. All right. Cool, well, um, so. Yeah. We have more exciting news. We have a killer giveaway for, uh, we're giving away 10 The Real Magic t-shirts, which are the coolest uh, scarce t-shirts in the world. I need some more t-shirts, by the way, Greg. I'm wearing mine out. (laughs) I love it. I wear mine everywhere now. Yeah, cool. But we're only giving away 10, so there you go. you got to get in quick. <laughs> Using the old scarcity <laughs> technique. <laughs> so uh, if you want to check them out, go to successshirt.com. They're worth about US $30, so that's about $150 million Australian at the moment. And if you want to, uh, if you want to win one, Al, what are the, what are the ways the uh, listener can do that? Okay, so we want to give you as many chances to get one of these as possible. So what we're doing is we're giving you a variety of ways to get tickets, right? So the first and most important is if you subscribe to The Real Magic on iTunes and then go to therealmagic.com and put your email address in to be notified of new tickets, uh, of new episodes, you'll (laughs) get one ticket in the draw. 
right? Uh, if you leave a positive review on iTunes, we're going to give you an extra five tickets. If you share your the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or any other social media, we're going to give you another five tickets. Now, we will endeavor to track this, but definitely if you use different email addresses for your social media and your um you're registering for the the podcast, you can just take a screenshot or send a link of where you've shared it to win at therealmagic.com and we will make sure your tickets go in the draw. So good luck. Uh, We'll announce the winner after this series and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, the last episode, Consensus. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Al. Thanks, listener. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.